This episode of The Broken Cork is brought to you by Beverage Bar, serving the Tri-State with four convenient locations. Come in and let our knowledgeable staff help you find that perfect bottle to make you the talk of the party or to create a special moment with family and friends. Cheers. We're diving down the rabbit hole, and this time there's no going back. I'm Dan. I'm Aaron. I'm Jake. And today we are in beautiful Louisville, Kentucky, here at the Rabbit Hole Distillery, and we are joined by Adam Edwards. Adam, how are you doing today? Hey, what's going on? So tell us a little bit about yourself, your role here, and uh, sir, what does bourbon mean to you? So uh, I am Adam Edwards. I'm the digital brand ambassador for Rabbit Hole Distillery. Um, My role basically entails talking to media, talking to bourbon nerds like myself, and just talking about bourbon for a living, which is... Boy, it's a rough, rough way to make a living, you know? Oh, <laughs> so I can't imagine. Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> it's pretty rough. Um, but, you know, bourbon bourbon can mean a lot of things, but I will tell you, bourbon means love to me. And I, and I, I don't mean that in like a romantic or even romanticized sort of fashion. Bourbon means love of something. And I always say, find what you love and share it with those that you love. For me, that's bourbon and not even just liquid bourbon, just the knowledge of bourbon, the industry of bourbon, the art of bourbon and the science of bourbon. I love, love, love sharing that with people. My man. So um, today's toast, we're going to get into um, really cool what Adam was just kind of talking about. Um, A lot of of us are kind of going back to normal. uh, And so we're going to see family and friends for the first time. Uh, And so uh, tonight we're going to toast... or right now we're going to toast to uh, family, to friends, and to seeing those we haven't seen in a while. Cheers. 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 So being that the pandemic is over, people are coming back to the distilleries, back to, you know, the restaurants and everywhere. Um, and Rabbit Hole is is still relatively new in the world of bourbon. I mean, it's it's not old. Or it's not, you know, super old, not super new. It's mm-hmm. kind of there. I kind of wanted to start with the top from the top. Um, where did this all start? Um, we talked about Cave a little bit, mm-hmm. so I mean, what, what's what's the dream? What what's going on here? Yeah, you know, I mean, we are still kind of new. I mean, in many ways, we are a startup, right? We have only been distilling for what are we at now? Like eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's been a it's been a crazy ride. <laughs> it's been a crazy ride. Um, the the amount that we've accomplished, I think, in less than a decade is really impressive. It's really, really impressive. And it's some days is exhausting how quickly it moves. Some days you're just standing back and staring in in amazement how quickly it's growing, (laughs) you know? I mean, it really kind of shocks you. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, I can give you, like, the quick elevator pitch of of, of what Rabbit Hole is (laughs) and where we started, you know? Um, It it really started with with a girl. You know, it really does. Like, all great stories, it starts with a girl. And so Heather is uh, from Louisville, like I am, and she had moved up to Chicago, and she met Cave. And Cave's a manian. He was a psychologist back then. He was teaching um, in a university up in Chicago, and he had a little private practice as well. And so he met Heather, and, and they fell in love. He absolutely fell in love with Heather. Now, before he met Heather, he was a big scotch and gin drinker. Mm-hmm. After he met Heather, he became a bourbon drinker. She, as a Louisville native, really turned him into a bourbon lover, and then, like, 
drastically overshot the mark. Uh, <laughs> like drastically overshot it. Well, she did a good job. It's, it's, she, yeah, it's really, it, this is really all her fault. I, I say that to her every time. But, uh, you know, after they moved down here, so after they got married and moved down here back to Louisville, where, where she's from, um, he just really, really became obsessed with it. When you fall in love with Louisville, you fall in love with bourbon. They're, they're very much intertwined, right? Oh, definitely. I mean, it's just a huge part of the culture. Huge part of the history. So, yeah, it's definitely intertwined. So, you know, he, he told Heather, he said, you know, honey, I, I think that we can make a run at this. I say, let's go ahead and sell the practice. Let's mortgage the house that we just built and let's open a bourbon distillery. And she said, you know, Kavi, I think this obsession of yours is probably going to lead the family down the rabbit hole. And then there's no going back. And he really loved the name that really stuck. But I think even deeper than that, it really kind of encapsulates the whole spirit at the distillery of there's no going back. Not not in the sense of, hey, once you enter this building, there's no going back. Some speak, <laughs> spooky kind of thing. It's really more about once you find what you love, you should pursue that. You should go all in because once you do, there's really no going back. You can't imagine going back to what you did before, going back to your office job or whatever. This is what you're doing now, and this it's a passion that you have. It's, and from there, like you said, he mortgaged the house. He sold the practice. Mm-hmm. He did everything. He abandoned everything he had just to take a shot. And it hit. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. a, a blind shot at a dartboard. You have this beautiful, beautiful building. Uh, you have an office space across the way. Um, so tell us a little bit about the building. What's the history of the building? And how did this beautiful architectural wonder come about? So the architect, lead architect's name is Doug Pearson. And so Doug Pearson works for, um, I believe it's Pod Architecture and Design. They're based out of Louisville, but he himself is based out of North Carolina, I believe. So Cave had noticed the building that we're in now, which is called the Green Building here in Nulu on Market Street. And he really fell in love with the architecture of this building. As you can see, it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, it was Louisville's first LEED certified building. And he thought that was very cool as well. And so he figured once he wanted to build his distillery, he wanted this architect. So he tracked Doug down, started talking to Doug. They came up with a really nice plan. Doug sort of drew up some rudimentary plans. Kaveh liked where his head was at. So what they did is they knocked down this tire factory that was right next to our old office building over there, um, just right across the way on Jefferson Street. Knocked that building down, but we kept the foundations. So those foundations, we did not increase the footprint at all. What that meant was that Doug was going to have to build straight up. Mm -hmm. So not only just to contain the still, but to make sure that we had enough room to do everything that we could do here. We do it all on site. We just don't age. That's the only thing we don't do on site. All that happens about 40 minutes away in Henry County. Um, So the building is right about 55,000 square feet. Um, This next year with the three new fermenters we put in, we're hoping to hit around 27,000 barrels. So that should get as close to like 1.9 maybe 2 million um, uh, proof gallons next year. So it's quite a bit for the space that we use. Right. I mean, you you can't build a rickhouse in the middle of Louisville. I mean, <laughs> well, you could, but it would be very expensive. Right. Property taxes are crazy <laughs> here. Yeah. Also, you think about it, you know, if there's some sort of, you know, God forbid, some sort of catastrophe and a fire starts, mm-hmm. if you have your, you know, rickhouse out in the middle of nowhere, you're going to burn down like a pasture. If you have it, here in the middle of Louisville, you're going to burn down the city of Louisville. So right. there's yeah. a reason a lot of people don't age in the city property. So on your rickhouses, are they labeled where people know that it's rabbit hole? Yeah, absolutely. Them? And they're all steel too. Oh, cool. So oh, uh, nice. we have, we have, we're going to have three of them. So we have two that are built and filled. 
Um, the third one is building right now and should be filled soon. The first one holds about 15,000 barrels. Second one holds around 19,000 barrels. Third one is going to hold about 25,000. Now, keeps getting bigger. Are they, yeah. as soon as they stop the third one, are they going to yes. build it? Okay. One a year yeah. is what we're looking at, about Perfect. one a year. I think actually the math works out to like one every 10 months is okay. what we're looking at right now. Wow. There's several distilleries right now mm-hmm. that are building rick houses. One we're right scaling up. Yeah, we're yeah. scaling up. The bourbon's bourbon. hopping right now. Bourbon mm-hmm. is in full boom. And, I mean, you got to have a place to house it. Yeah. When I you mean, think about, what is it, there's... Um, more barrels of bourbon in Kentucky than there are people. Yeah, so. now I think it's like three barrels per person. Yeah. Which so. means when you're born in Kentucky, you should just get a barrel. That's it. <laughs> you, would, you would think. I mean, welcome to Ken- Kentucky, kid, here. Yeah. This, there'd be a lot more Kentucky-born children, I think. Yeah, I think so. Population would increase. The ratio would die. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, would, I would say so. Henderson County's going to have to get a big hospital. <laughs> All the Evansville natives be running over there just to have kids. Right. So... With all these new rickhouses being built, that means you're probably filling these up pretty fast. How often do you fill a rickhouse, or how fast do you fill a rickhouse? So the first two, you know, filled pretty quickly, right? Um, originally, before we had our rickhouses built, we were aging at Castle and Key. And so there's still, every, you know, once, I mean, we're still pulling stock. We didn't move everything from Castle and Key over to those rickhouses. It's just, that's a logistical nightmare to do that, right? Oh, Plus, yeah. you're, yeah, I mean, you're really taking a chance on you know, busting barrels. Every yes, time you right. move a barrel, you're going to break something, right? So um, we didn't really want to do that. So we're still pulling stock from that Castle and Key warehouse as well and to, to kind of fill up that we made. But, I mean, Castle and Key was fantastic for us. Before we even had our bottling line, they were filling our barrels for us, dumping our, well, not filling our barrels, they were dumping our barrels for us, and they were bottling for us until we had our bottling line here. Once we had our bottling line, we were able to do all of that. Then we started filling our, our warehouses. That first warehouse took roughly a year to fill. And actually less, about nine months to fill. The second warehouse, we, I think we filled it like last week. And it was wow. completed about seven months ago. Oh, wow. So filled very quickly. So you're, you're filling those up really We're producing up, quite a bit. Yeah. Filling up bigger rickhouses quicker. Yeah. Right. So speaking about filling barrels... Um, is there anything about your process that kind of sticks out that um, other people don't do or or maybe something that is really cool with, with the way that you all Absolutely. distill? Absolutely. So there there is, you know, every distillery, I always say this, right? Bourbon is like the high, most highly regulated spirit on the planet, right? Yeah. Oh, it yeah. has to be so many certain things. Even, you know, if you don't want to call it bourbon, it's just American whiskey, even that. You know, straight American whiskey, you know, Kentucky straight rye whiskey, those sorts of things, they have to fit into a very kind of tight box to exist. That being said, there's so much room in there to play around. You tweak one tiny little thing at the beginning of your process, you're going to be thousands of miles off course at the end. You're going to have a completely different product than what you thought you were going to start with, right? So there are all sorts of things that we do. We have a very proprietary cooking process that we use, utilizing kind of different temps during fermentation that produces a very soft bourbon off the still. We tried it off the still earlier, right? It's incredibly soft. Absolutely. It's incredibly soft and sweet. Um, For us, we want to make sure everything coming off that still is very soft because our barrels, they're really spicy. They have a lot of spices. So those are Kelvin Cooperage barrels that we shout out on every bottle because that's how important <laughs> they are to us, right? right? Kelvin Cooperage, they toast and char 
every single barrel over an oak fire. They do not use a gas flame. Okay. When you're doing that, you're increasing barrel spice. You're also increasing things like vanillin. Mm -hmm. You know, it's getting more vanilla in there. Uh, More fur for all is going to be coming out of those barrels. So more pear, more fruity flavors, um, darker, sweeter flavors will also come out of that barrel. But the spice is going to be heightened as well. So you have to think about, you have to keep that in your mind throughout your whole process. Well, if I'm going to put it in this barrel for a few years and it's going to increase the level of spice, well, then I'm probably going to want to start with a distillate that's kind of softer and sweeter so it balances. Right. Now, between that, you have other choices you have to make, right? What are you going to go in the barrel at? What's it coming off the still at? So our second run, our final run, you know, the high wine is about hundred and about 128 proof. Excuse me, 138 proof, 138 proof. Going into the barrel at 138, a is not bourbon, and B will produce a really hot spirit, right? <laughs> it will. It will produce an incredibly hot spirit. So you've got to get it down to at least 125 to be bourbon. Right. Now, let's say we put it in at 125. We put it in at 125, and we age for, whatever, four to six years. It's going to come rocking and rolling out of that barrel <laughs> at 140, 160 proof. <laughs> our barrel, uh, excuse me, our, our bottle proof is 95 we really like 95 proof. The reason we like that, it's kind of between where 90 proof is, which is like your traditional sipping bourbon, and your 100 proof, which is like your traditional cocktail bourbon. It splits the difference between those. So you can do both. You're getting the best of both worlds. If it's coming out of that barrel at 100 and we'll go very, very generously low, 135 proof, and you're putting it in the bottle at 95 proof, that's a 40-point swing that you're going to have to essentially create with water water that has not been aged water that is great because it's kentucky water but really is not providing a ton of flavor right Mm -hmm. so now do what we do we go in the barrel at 110 we take it all the way down to 110 a lot of distilleries don't do that because you're cutting into your yield Mm -hmm. at that point because the other side of adding 40 points worth of water is you're getting a whole heck of a lot more bottles out of that (laughs) barrel that you can sell and make money on, right? So finance hates this, but unfortunately, it is how you make our bourbon. This is how we make our bourbon. This is how we get our high-quality bourbon is that we're we're putting it in that barrel at 110. Ethanol does not have flavor. Well, it does. It tastes like burning. I mean, it just tastes like burning, right? Exactly. Okay, so ethanol really doesn't have flavor. What has flavor is water. The water that sits in that barrel is pushing that alcohol in. It's kind of carrying that alcohol right in with it as it filters through the char layer, as it's, you know, condensing, and it's getting more oxygen into it, right? There's, what is there, something like 20 different processes that happen in a barrel during aging. Right. So that is what is really creating flavor in there. So once it comes out of the barrel, right now, with some of the barrels we're pulling out of Castle and Key, those are really low proof. I mean, I had one that came out the other day at 98 proof. It lost over 10 points in the barrel. Wow. The flavor was unreal. The flavor was unreal how good it was. It was so thick and so rich because the water had carried so much of that flavor over its four-plus years of aging that... You know, we ended up using it as one of our single barrel selections for somebody to kind of pick from. If we had used that, like blended it in for a core product, it was literally a drop in the bucket to get it down to 95 proof. Now you are retaining as much of that barrel flavor as you possibly can and still getting a very consistent 95 proof across the line. So speaking of your single barrel selection process, mm-hmm. um, if we have listeners that would like to do that, is there 
like a waiting list or how would they? Yeah, waiting list is yep. real long right now. Yes, <laughs> so I bet. It's incredibly limited. This is our first year okay. on that single barrel, right? So um, this first year we did high gold mm-hmm. and we had 10 total barrels. Wow. 10 oh, wow. total barrels. Wow. That was it. Um, this first release, so the very first one was picked by Fred Minnick, right? And Cave. They picked a barrel together. Uh, we released it at the distillery, and all the proceeds went towards the funds, uh, Fund for the Arts, which had a local charity set up benefiting um, restaurant and bar workers. Awesome. That was, yeah, it was super fun. And it was about a week before we opened the distillery to the public again. Um, we opened it on June 22nd, I think, on June 14th, which is National Bourbon Day. Right. Yeah. Also, coincidentally, it is my birthday. Total coincidence about that, by the way. It's really crazy how that worked out. We had an event at the distillery where we released that single barrel. Um, and so we sold out just like that. I mean, it was instantaneous sellout. Um, the artwork is, of course, beautiful. The artwork is absolutely beautiful. We did 10 more barrels like that this year. They're all Kentucky only, all retailers only in Kentucky. Um, those will pro- those retailers should start releasing them within a couple months. Okay. Um, every quarter we're going to go through and do another 10 barrels for this next year. So when I say year, it's our fiscal. So we're uh, only two days into our fiscal year right now. Right. So July, it's like July <laughs> to June The year for us, is right? young, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, the year is very young for us. And so this year we have 40 total barrels. That is it. Um, 10 barrels of each label, basically, is what we're going to try and do this year. Um that shouldn't so we'll be a see. problem. Yeah, it's kind of tough to get, to get on that waiting list right now. So we do have a waiting list. Um, you can always reach out to us at info at rabbitholedistillery.com. Okay. Um, we'll just you know say, hey, I'd love to be able to get a barrel. We're going to add you to the list. You'll get a call from us in the next decade, somewhere around there, right? <laughs> so it's, it's, it's going to be a long waiting list, but... Um, you know, it's it's very exciting. Also, awesome. very exciting. Say you need to tell Brian to jump on that yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> I'll send that email real quick. Yeah. So, uh, Danny, Jake, um, there's some bottles in front of us. Is it about that time? There are some bottles in front of us, but actually, um, I wanted to talk about something real quick. Uh, for some people that haven't been able to get to the distillery, mm-hmm. um, we talked about the architecture. Um. I want to mention for just a second that the architecture, not only is it stunning, but it's functional. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything about this building, it plays into the tour. It gets you up close and personal to everything that they have. Um, I mean, you can see parts of the still that, I mean, you told us about it. I mean, uh, you can see parts of the still that you're never going to see <laughs> if you go to yeah, even like Buffalo Trace, Wild Turkey, a lot of the big name distillers you're not going to see this kind of stuff. You're not going to be up close and personal a lot of the time with the fermentation tanks. And not only that, but you get a beautiful view of downtown Louisville um, at the bar at the end when you do your tasting and you can have a cocktail. I think the tour was um, really, really cool. And at the, towards the end when you're on the third floor and you just kind of look down and you you literally feel like, Hey, I'm right in the middle of the process. And I, I know that was, part of the the idea behind all the architecture and, and everything so um I, I think it was one of the if not the best tour um to be a part of so make sure you get to rabbit hole and uh take the tour 
And uh, mention the broken cork when you come. And ask, and ask for Adam. He he gives a great tour. Oh yeah, yeah. delicious citrus water. Every day. When he's uh, pretty much when he's not sitting behind a microphone <laughs> selling rabbit hole. That's right. always tell people. I was like, just walk in the door and ask for Adam. I'll probably peer around the corner with a glass in my hand. You know, right? Hey, <laughs> how, you, how you doing, guys? So you said in this bottle, there's an interesting storyline if you drink them a certain way. Mm-hmm. So where are we starting at? On Let's start with Cave Hill. <laughs> all right. Let's start with Cave Hill. Cave Hill, Cave Hill. is the flagship. This is the one that started it all. Um, you know, Kaveh, I, I love when Kaveh kind of tells this story. It was a good good little quirk pop. All these quirks have nice little pops to them. I love <laughs> I've it. noticed that. They you know, do. They do. Well, see, this is all new for me. You're paying for good oh, yeah. cork pops. What's well, the experience? It's an experience. Well, this is all new for me. Like I said, the only one I've ever tried is the Derringer. So this yeah. is all... I might expand We've my tried all of these. <laughs> well, a Tasting year ago, in, you know, January before COVID. Yeah, I've definitely remember those tastes with all the other things I've tried since then. It's it's not even at my nose, and I'm just getting this beautiful. Oh my bouquet. gosh! This, oh my goodness! This smells as good as the inside of the distillery. Once you walk in, it's just oh, oh wow, yeah. it's beautiful. This is my. I'm going to be honest. I'm. I've had a lot. Of bourbon in my life, and this is my first rabbit hole. I'm so excited. <laughs> we so were your work. You're starting at the base too. Yeah, this I know. We, we were working hole. all the way up. We were in uh, Mr. Campbell's home before we came in, and he was talking about, you know, I got this Derringer here. We can take it and we can, you know, have it all at the hotel tonight. We'll just finish <laughs> the bottle. And Aaron's like. I've never had a rabbit hole product. <laughs> never mind. We'll just wait. Uh, we'll just I'm wait. So, I'm <laughs> perfect timing, honestly. Perfect timing. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, this is um so this is a four grain and and Cave Blue not Cave was making bourbon with like a little five gallon still um in the house before he ever had the idea to start a distillery and you know Heather was really terrified that she was going to blow it. Yeah, he was she was terrified that he was going to like blow the house up. Um, and so this was one of the first mash bills he started messing with. You know, like I said, he was a scotch drinker before he was a bourbon drinker. He understood that malt could be not just for science, not just for chemistry, but could be for flavor too, right? And so this has 30% malt. This is 70% corn and then 10% each of malted wheat, malted barley, and honey malted barley. Side note, if you ever forget about what grains are in rabbit hole, we write them on the label. Oh, we cool. put awesome. the mash bill on the label. Um, so you don't get any ideas, other distillers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So it's we, we really like to do that um, because Cave, once he kind of fell in love with bourbon, I think he got very frustrated that a lot of bourbon, you'd pick it up, you could tell the proof, sometimes the age, that was it. You couldn't even, you know, you'd pick up whatever, old chestnut bourbon, and it says it's distilled by old chestnut, chestnut distiller, and he's like, there's no old chestnut exactly. distillery, right? This right. is just, you know, and then you find out it's like a, a bigger distillery. It's just their brand, right? right. Mm-hmm. So, oh, is that Heaven Hill? All right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. I mean, really, yeah. So I think that, you know, all that kind of frustrated him. He always wanted to be very open with people. So we put as much information on the label from minimum age to the mash bill to the Cooper, right? To 100% proof, transparency. 100% transparency, um, which I think is something that consumers... They want. They want yeah. that. I would prefer. I would drink that over something. It's like, oh, it's this made by this, and you yeah. look up that distillery, and it's like, yeah, um, yeah. No, not that really. Doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's exactly. I mean, something like that happened to me with Springmill. Like, I looked up to their website and stuff, and mm-hmm. their website's for sale right now. I was like, what's yeah. going on here? Yeah. <laughs> 
So uh, Cave Hill name? The cave. So Cave Hill name, that's really in honor of a resting place. Okay. Here in Louisville. It's where the most number of distillers are buried than anywhere else in the country. Um, so this one is really an homage to all the people that came before us. That's cool. Um, you know, it's like the shoulders of the giants that you're standing on. Right, because we like for Cave even though it is a very non-traditional four-grain bourbon, it still presents with very traditional notes right oh, away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, you get the honey. I mean, definitely from the honey malt, but the honey. This bottle of Cave Hill too, and I, and I always say this. You know, we we batch very small, and small batch is one of those terms gets thrown around a lot. Oh, <laughs> sometimes yeah. it means something. Has no sometimes real it meaning. doesn't mean nothing. Right. We never do more than fifteen barrels at a time. Oh, see, oh, wow. now that's that's that is, actual that is small batch. batch. Exactly. Small. I mean, you take fifteen <laughs> barrels against twenty seven thousand barrels that we're doing this year. Yeah, that's pretty small. It's literally yeah. a drop in the bucket. Right. Yeah. So from batch to batch, you might get a tiny bit of a different experience from bot- from bottle to bottle. Right. Core flavors always going to stay the same. So with Caveville, very spicy up front, lots of brown spice on mm-hmm. there. Right, lots of barrel spice, clove and cinnamon and allspice. Very green fruit on the mid palate. Lots of green apple. Mm-hmm. Lots of pear. See, I was just thinking, uh, oh, is yeah. it is it because I was just over here smelling all the green apple? Yeah, that the- one that's going in. It's not Cavill. It's in there today. But that was like super green, green apple. apple. Oh, yeah, I yeah, yeah. yeah. knows this and said that's yeah. green apple. It must. Yeah. The yeast that we use, our yeast is really responsible for a lot of that green apple. Like almost like the you know those caramel apple. Pops, mm-hmm. yeah, that's yes, what I this do. cave hill mm-hmm. kind of reminds me of a little bit. Oh yeah, a little exactly. bit. Exactly, yeah. I can see it, that. Even the finish is just more honey, more vanilla. The core flavors are always there. Sometimes the ratios from batch to batch will change. This bottle that we're drinking today, super barrel spice. Very I mean, super so. barrel spice, super barrel spice, and green apple. It's all brown sugar, clove, and green apple. The mint is on there a little bit too. Mint shows up sometimes in Cave Hill. Bubble gum, like double bubble, that shows up in Cave Hill sometimes. But I feel like on this one, it's a little muted. Sometimes you're going to get a bottle, it's got more than mint or double bubble or honey or whatever, right? So I think it's kind of fun between our labels. Well, I'll take whatever batch this is. It's a pretty good batch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is a pretty good one. I'm liking this one. So, what is the next one on our little journey? So, we're going to go from the first bourbon. On our on our lineup to the second bourbon or to the actually the newest bourbon on our lineup, which is High Gold. We added this to our core line. Mm, what year is it? Is it still 2019? Um, <laughs> I like think it. it's um, yeah. So about two years ago is when we added this to the core line. So this is still the newest. Um, on paper, Cave Hill and High Gold look very similar, right? So they're both 70 percent corn. They're both 30% malt, same stills, same yeast, same barrels, same proof. General age is about the same. But High Gold and Cave Hill are, are about as different as Cabernet Sauvignon and Pinot Noir. <laughs> they're both red wines, but they're two completely different red right. wines. Oh, yeah. No, it's right? 100% different. Mm-hmm. That's why I like doing these kind of side by side. And whereas Cave Hill is named after, you know, a few people who have passed away. Um, High Gold's named after one guy who's passed away. This is Christian High Gold. And Christian was a stonemason that came to Louisville in the 1850s. Um, he moved from Germany. So he was an immigrant. When he came to Louisville, there was a party called the Know Nothings that were in power. Very anti immigrant. Um, they controlled the paper here. Once High Gold sort of arrived 
he built the original steps of the Jefferson Street Courthouse. He did a lot of molding on the churches around here. Um, he built a house called High Gold House, which is about a mile and a half from here. The facade is still standing. And if you look at the facade, there's scenes of American patriotism. There's a bust of James Buchanan. There's scenes of George Washington's life on it. So you think about this German immigrant who came to Louisville and really embraced the American ideal. He changed the conversation in Louisville. People, us Louisvillians, we look back at that moment as like a watershed moment for the city. Cave, mm-hmm. who loves to say there's not a lot of guys running around Kentucky named Cave, make it <laughs> bourbon, right? It's <laughs> um, obviously an immigrant name. His family moved from Iran when he was about 11, I think, maybe 14, um, in 1979, which was like a great year to get out of Iran. Uh, mm-hmm. They moved to um, California from Iran. When he got to Louisville later in life, he discovered this story of high gold, and it really resonated with him. So he wanted to put his name on a bottle. Where that even goes a little further, and I love, love, love this tidbit, we use malted rye in this. So this is 70% corn, 25% malted rye, 5% malted barley, so it's a high rye bourbon. The malted rye comes from Germany. That oh, grain cool. comes from oh, Germany. That's, okay. that's so where awesome. Christian came from. Wow, that's awesome. Man, this is it is absolutely. I haven't even been it. The nose is just you haven't phenomenal. Put it in your mouth yet. I have not put it in my <laughs> mouth yet. I'm getting pear on yeah. those. Yeah, I think there's still what I call like a high fruit element of this. Yeah, um, it's like higher. So pear, I think, is like higher than apple, right? Like apple's a little bit deeper in the palate, whereas pear starts to rise up here. I almost put it towards like citrus Mm -hmm. a little bit or like when I say white fruits like white fleshy fruits so white grape you know white apricot white peach pear definitely where they kind of sit on top like up in the cheekbones a little bit more right Mm -hmm. Um, for sure so that's that's what I like about and and high gold is almost opposite of cave hill in terms of flavor development whereas cave hill starts spicy and kind of gets sweet on the finish High gold starts very sweet, mm-hmm. and then the finish is when you realize it's a high rye yeah. down here oh, in the Kentucky yeah. Hug, right? right? Yeah. yeah, you get that kind of black pepper, like warming black pepper. Mm-hmm. What a great – I mean, this this is a great bourbon. Yeah. Doing these side by side, I think, are amazing. And and I think it's it's something for everybody, you know. it's We don't look to make a bourbon that has the broadest appeal ever. That's That's very – boring well i didn't say boring it's been done yeah. you know i mean and done there's and done, other and yeah done. I mean, there's other brands that do it um you know for instance i and i always say like a lot of people who know me know this about me maker's mark was like my first love i will always love maker's mark <laughs> i can't help it. i have a maker's mark tattoo like i love maker's mark <laughs> oh really? I, yeah I was, yeah right here it's right there Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. That's right, awesome. right next to my UK tattoo. Oh, right. so, you're yeah, in the wrong yeah, city yeah. for that one. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> That's the one you keep covered up all the time, right? Yeah. No, this shirt's kind of tight. Then go yeah. up there. But, but, so. torches would be out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so, you know, you think about Maker's Mark. Maker's Mark has a very broad appeal, right? It doesn't get too crazy in terms of its flavor, right? It's a weeded bourbon. It's got pretty, it's very easy to be like, here's the flavors of Maker's Mark. With Cave Hill... We knew that there was going to be people out there that maybe it's a little bit too aggressive. It is. It's got a lot of barrel spice on it. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to make a bourbon that maybe was a little bit more nuanced, which is crazy that we chose a high rye for that. But 
with the high rye being malted, being malted rye, it sort of softens it up a little bit. Very much so. You know, and oh, it yeah, makes yeah. it, there's deeper, kind of richer flavors mm-hmm. in it. So, you know, they're going to appeal to different people. That is why retailers are okay selling two Kentucky straight bourbon whiskeys with the name Rabbit Hole on them because they're completely different. Right. right. They're completely different. So on our next, did we say Boxer Grill? Is that where mm-hmm. we're headed next? I, I'm extremely excited be about one. this one. See, I'm a rye guy. I love. We know you're a rye guy. We know you're a rye guy. I'm a rye guy. guy. I'm Mr. a rye guy. Mr. Like, Elijah Craig over there. <laughs> yeah. And now that they've released the uh, the Elijah Craig rye, he's going ham. Do you like it? Oh man, I love it. It's good. I, I, Elijah Craig is has been one of my go tos for a very long time at yep. my bar. I'm I've always been an Elijah Craig fan. I don't have an Elijah Craig open mom party. <laughs> We're gonna have to fix that. I, I know, I, right? I have a B. I have a new. Just the wrong thing oh, here. You want the goodness? Yeah, I want this. I don't want the. Yeah, it's here, hard. Here's I will, my cup. Drink that. Dan. I will tell you, it's hard for you to put a whiskey bottle in front of me that I'm not gonna find something about it that I like. Right. Me too. I've, I've just always been that way. Um, and you know, being in the industry, you realize the work that goes yes. into it, the things that go into it, the science, the art that goes into it. And you gain this sort of appreciation right. for bottles you never had before. Exactly. Well, and that's the thing about us, too. I mean, we have the, the master taster who's gone through a steward class and has learned all the trade. We have the man who enjoys it so much that that's 90% of his day is, you know, <laughs> tasting and looking up. I don't drink that much. I didn't say drink. 90% of my day. Drink was not in there. I said this is 90%. There is more than drinking to bourbon. Yeah. There is history. There's research. History, history, history. There's... Tasting notes, their smells. <laughs> I've seen your collection. You can't tell me that's not 90% and, of your day. And tell me if I'm wrong here, but grapefruit. Yeah, I'm oh, hitting yeah. a lot of grapefruit. Oh, big tons citrus, of citrus. Tons of citrus. Grapefruit. Citrus all and day. You know, normally pine a little. Rye, pine? I'm getting a little that's, pine. You don't, you don't yeah. pick up a lot of citrus. So, different rye grain. Got it. Right? Okay. So, we use two different rye grains here between a High Gold and Boxer Grill. High Gold has that malted rye from Germany. This is unmalted rye. From Canada. This is a Canadian rye grain. Oh, yeah. It's old Canada. That Alberta, <laughs> right? So I will say, you know, Boxer Grail, first of all, is definitely our most savory whiskey. But it is still lots of butterscotch, lots of caramel. Those Kelvin barrels doing their job on this. What I think is very interesting about the nose on Boxer Grail, which is not something you get on 95.5 ryes a lot, mm-hmm. rose water and pipe tobacco. It's just floral and tobacco Almost like leather. That was it. I was going to say yes. Okay. This there was something that I was not not that I almost could like pick up, but I didn't know flower, what it was. You know what yes, I mean? Like yes, like where you're like it's like the in the, the tobacco the field exactly. I, I say this a lot in private conversation with with people, but this rye makes me want to go home and smoke ribs. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Absolutely. I, I just want to break the smoker out. Just you want to come over tomorrow? We'll smoke some ribs, <laughs> dude. I'm telling you right now. I don't know what I have going on tomorrow. We might be working on electric. We had that's the reason why it was so dark in our foyer. Uh, the entire power to that area of the house went out. Yeah, light a campfire; it'll be okay. Oh yeah, in the house, I'm sure. They had torches in medieval. Europe. My parents mm. love not having electricity in their bedroom. Mm. <laughs> yeah, this one is. I mean, I will tell you, I make a uh, a chili. I make a white chicken chili, and I deglaze the onions with Boxer Grill because it has like this sort of. Big, meaty sort of delivery to it. Yeah. This is delicious. I haven't even put it in my mouth yet. 
It's, I mean, I just it is it. absolutely delicious. <laughs> yeah, Boxer Grill is special. And yeah. for a 95.5 rye, I mean, it's it's a very, that's a celebrated rye mash bill because mm-hmm. it, it highlights the rye. Yep. You know, Cave's mentor was Larry Eversold. So Larry Eversold, Master Stiller at Seagram's or yep. LDI MGP, right? Well, now um, we have to debate on whether or not when we see a 95.5 of that source, we have to debate on whether or not it's from. <laughs> a lot of times I get emails. So in my job with media, I will get an email alert. It's like, hey, Boxer Grill rye has been featured on this podcast or this youtube channel or whatever and it'll be we're tasting blind tasting 19 different mgp sourced rides yep. and i'm like oh man i gotta be that guy that like contacts <laughs> them and, like very nicely be like listen it's not sourced it's not mgp we i know made it. it's 95.5 yeah. but mm-hmm. that's not mgp yeah. every time and and you say sourced and i i don't mean to take away from this for a yeah. second but you know what um ironically enough I didn't know a whole lot about Rabbit Hole mm-hmm. a few years back, and I honestly thought all of this was sourced. Oh, everybody thought that. Oh, everybody did. Yeah, and which is fine. It's a young I mean, company. That's, yeah, that's well, what you would expect. You think young company, um, you know, everything has to be sourced, mm-hmm. but you know, you look at the website, nothing sourced. No, everything. This is your own distillate. You kind of have three options when you start a distillery, right? So, first of all, you do it. Kind of a lot of people do. You make vodka and gin because you can put it right in the bottle. You sell it, it, keeps your capital up. You can keep your bourbon aging, and then you sell it, you know, four or five years later, right? You can source. And I will tell you, sourcing gets a bad rap. There's plenty of people out there that source beautifully. Source beautifully. I mean, one of you all is wearing a bourbon 30 hat. I mean, that's like Jay Madden. He's like (laughs) the king of sourcing, right? Right. I mean, and he's very proud of it. Very proud of it. And his words to the T was, he does not like distilling he likes blending. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. right? So lots of people do that. They do it well. That was not for us, though. Kavi was like, I don't want to buy somebody else's distillate. I want to make it. So your third option is something called contract distilling, right? So what we did is we found a distillery. It took Kave, so established the name 2012. took him two years to find a distillery in Kentucky that agreed to make these mash bills because a lot of people didn't want to do this. They're very unique mash bills. It would interfere with their production. So found a distillery in northern Kentucky. By the way, we had to sign an NDA. I can't say out loud what the name of that northern Kentucky, Kentucky. distillery oh, yeah, is. Yeah. It's the one you're thinking about. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, right? So they made huh. it for us. Our grains, our yeast, using Kelvin barrels, everything the same. What we then did is we went to Vendome and bought a still that was nearly identical to their still, right? So that way, Keep you the activate process, your you still. Know. Exactly. Very little loss from one building to the next. So that is how we're able to really say we made our products. We really made our products. Now, we make everything now. Everything we're making now, absolutely. That's but awesome. that's, I think it's a good way to start a business, good way to start a distillery. Why is this so sweet? It is delicious. Mm-hmm. I know. I mean, it's still, it definitely is our most savory whiskey, but it's still. This is has the smoothest dry I've drank. It's herbaceous. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. spicy, but it has a sweetness to it. That yeah. It, I mean, I'm, I'm going to smoke some ribs tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go to the store tonight. I'm going to buy a bottle of Boxer mm-hmm. Grill. I'm going to come home and I'm going to sit by my smoker <laughs> with some Boxer Grill and a cooler of beer. And we're just going to have a good time tomorrow. Yeah, well, you're more than welcome to good. It's good. So, um, next on our journey mm-hmm. through the rabbit hole spirits, are we headed down the gin road? We're going to do something real fun. Yeah. Let's grab that gin there. And I'm going to show you all something really neat here. So, really enjoy that rye. Really fill your snoot up with that rye. Get a big, big smell of that rye. Really make friends with it, as we say, right? 
Mm-mm. Mm, go ahead. And... So now after you pour the gin, go straight to the gin and smell the gin. And surprise, surprise, it's going to smell like gin. It smells like gin, right? Yeah. It smells like Christmas trees and juniper berry, yep. right? Christmas trees. But we're going to try something really interesting. This blows people's mind when I do this, okay? So after you take that initial smell of that gin, go ahead and reset your sense. So, like, smell your forearm or your elbow, right? Just basically using your own pH to reset your sense of smell. For those of you at home who uh, swear by smelling coffee beans, and you smell yourself because you every... Yeah. person has their own mm-hmm. scent. And it's going to reset your sense of smell, right? Mm. Oh, yeah. Old so spice. now, after you've done that, <laughs> go back to the gin, smell it again, see how sweet it is. Oh, son. So what you just did, basically, you, oh, wow. you filled up on the barrel, right? You went to that rye, and you basically nose-blinded yourself to the barrel. Yeah. We take a gin. We don't make the gin, by the way. We're not a gin distillery. We source our gin from London, England, the oldest gin distillery in London. They send it to us at 195 proof. I'm not joking. It's cheaper to ship that way. It's less water weight. But that allows us to use Kentucky water. Yes. So we filter it down, use Kentucky water, and then we finish it in those rye barrels for about six to nine months. So now that you reset your nose, you go back, now you see what that barrel is doing mm-hmm. to that gin. And I don't say this lightly. This is a good gin. <laughs> I'm, I'm from yeah, Kentucky. Definitely. We're all from Kentucky, right? right. We're not really big gin yeah. drinkers. This gin tastes like limoncello and Earl Grey tea. You can drink it neat. Well, that's a good thing because I'm about to. I was going to say we're about to. <laughs> oh, that's so smooth. Oh, my goodness. That is limoncello right? and Earl Grey tea. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> you, you don't get a lot of the botanicals. Mm-mm. It doesn't just beat you in the head with pine trees. It, it's it's so good. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Man, that is that is surprising. Isn't that nice? Because I, I like a good gin, mm-hmm. um, a gin and tonic on a summer day, oh, yeah. but... Then you just have this would be yesterday. one that I would not make a gin and tonic with at all. I would you can. I will tell you what's even easier than that. Than that, something my wife came up with, and my wife who drinks Moscato, right? She drinks sweet wine. Mm-hmm. She's not really like a, a big kind of spirits drinker. She likes sweet wine. She loves this gin. She does it with club soda and an orange slice. Ooh. It's dangerous. Ooh. As the kids say, chef's oh. kiss, right? Yeah. It oh is dangerous. Goodness. I mean, it's 89 proof. That's an 89 proof cocktail spirit that you can drink. Just like as it is. Put it over ice. Yeah. Oh, I can definitely see this just drinking it over ice. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's very, very enjoyable. Man. So we're wrapping up our taste with uh, mm-hmm. Derringer. And you said this one's kind of polarizing. Either you love it or it hate it. It is very polarizing. So this is a wheated bourbon. Oh. A wheated bourbon that we have finished in Pedro Jimenez Sherry Casks from Spain. Now, Sherry Casks... Sherry, you know, there's a million different types of sherry, right? Um, or I think there's like seven. <laughs> seven different types of sherry. Same thing. Um, yeah, million seven, same thing. But this one is what's called a PX sherry, a Pedro Jimenez sherry. So Pedro Jimenez sherry is the sweetest sherry out there. In fact, the Pedro Jimenez grape is one of the sweetest grapes on the planet. It has the most amount of what you call bricks um, for that grape. This sherry is very rich. The weeded bourbon is also very rich so what we did is we had kelvin up the char on that barrel for for derringer so it's a level four everything else is a level three this is a level four char now what that means you're going to get a little bit more spice Mm -hmm. a little bit more teeth on that bourbon to stand up to that sherry cask so we take a weeded bourbon that's been finished um, for about six to nine months in that sherry cask 
And I will tell you, the nose right away is sherry. It's just right? sherry. Oh, and, and I think, it's and it's so good. Yeah. I know, oh, it's I nice. This. This it's the, nice. This is the only rabbit hole product on my shelf currently. Oh yeah, well, he, we'll he, get some more. I mean, that's the plan. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, sample before you buy. Right, yeah. <laughs> that's the we did. Uh, I was like, I want to try more rabbit hole long, stuff. You're playing the long game. This is yes. This is a six month ruse. Here's the step one: start a podcast. Step two: get into distilleries. All the equipment to run a podcast. This is a very expensive ruse. Yeah. I know. It costs more to do this than it would have been just to go just buy a vertical. Bottle. Hey, you know, before the podcast started, we were talking about value, right? What's value right. to you? Right. That's your value right exactly. there. You start the podcast and drink bourbon. I don't yeah, fault my it. goodness. Yeah, the nose is interesting. And I will tell you something that people don't talk about a lot. I don't know why people don't talk about this. People talk about finish on the palate. Mm-hmm. Why does no one talk about the finish on, on the, the nose? nose? Yes. Right? Exactly. No one ever talks about it. Yes. This is a finish. The finish is bourbon. It's yeah. bourbon. Like the, the start of the nose mm-hmm. and like the mid nose of this is all sherry. But you pull the glass away, it's all caramel and vanilla. It's That's all it. that weeded oh, yeah. bourbon, right? See, I thought I was crazy because I like Just to getting discuss that, getting that the finish fruit. on the nose. And people no one like, ever talks not, about that. Yeah. Not weird. When I'm at the store and people are, mm-hmm. you know, the, I try to walk He's, them through the process. You know, there's, you, you nose it, you know, you taste it. <laughs> I but see you thinking, Dan. The finish on the yeah. nose, nobody ever talks about. That's so I mean, cool. Do you ever get the response, sir? This is a Wendy's. Yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, he, he's over here, you know, nosing in 2032, and we're living in 2021. <laughs> I mean, I will tell you, I think nose is so important. In fact, I, I, I say this a lot. I think that I almost enjoy the nose of a bourbon more than I enjoy the flavor of a bourbon sometimes. Mm-hmm. I really do, because there's so much in there. Oh, yeah. A nose is so complex, and then mm-hmm. flavors, sometimes it's hard to pick out flavors, and then smell, it's real easy to yeah. find out what well, you, you s- like and don't like based on a smell. You Absolutely. start your taste through the nose. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a big part it, of it. It's, it's the same thing as you start if, your taste looking if you go bottle. to a nice restaurant, <laughs> and you're presented <laughs> yep. with a beautiful plate of food. Hey, what you are start you doing? with your eyes, You're right? looking at it, yep. mm-hmm. you're smelling it. Yep. No, same thing with our bottles. I mean, that's the reason we picked you know this amazing bottle. Yeah, Zara and Kave it's, actually it's designed this bottle. Beautiful bottle I've seen. Right. The, this jumps the, off the shelf. That, that, that diagonal. What is uh, the the sleeve ah, or the so diagonal? the sash? Yeah, yeah and it shows up on the, the on distillery. The, yeah. yeah, the back stairs of the distillery. Yeah, the sash. This is called a debossed rabbit. I just learned that term. Did not know that existed. Huh. Debossed. Um, and and Kave really the bottle design. Where this really came from, it's both math, masculine and feminine at the same time. Where it's got curves, it has high shoulders, but really, if you think you have to think about your on-premise people, your bartenders, your work, your restaurant workers, it has to feel good in the hand. Yes, it has to pour easily. Yep. We can all yes. think about that beautiful bottle that I think made it your top five. That is very clunky to hold, <laughs> very hard. <laughs> there hard was to, hard to hard Horsey to pour. Bottle. It's Horsey a great bourbon, bottle. but. We mentioned it, and we weren't trying to. There it's we go. A hard, that's a hard bottle. I own several of those bottles. It's a great bottle. It's very hard to pour. Yes. It's very hard to pour. It's very hard so to drink from the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> you ever tried doing that? That's rough. You ever get a little on, on you, and you get some in you. Well, um, Danny, um, we're not quite done, are we? We're not, we're not quite done. I, I brought something with me. Um, I think it was two years ago now. 
mm-hmm. a rabbit hole started releasing what they called their founders collection. Oh, not two years ago. Two years ago? Last, last, last year. October. Last October. That's how long last year felt. That's right. <laughs> it felt like it three felt or like four a, years. Like two years, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. 2020 was a marathon. I gained <laughs> yes. like 50 pounds. I'm an alcoholic now. <laughs> and, now and, and now they're offering people to they're offering people money to come back to work. And I've been working this entire time. Like, I oh, want no, some money to come it. back. But we thought Boxer Grail was good at 95 proof, right? Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. Um, I brought with me my personal bottle of the very first release of the Founders Collection. It's a six-year cast strength Boxer Grail rye. Ooh, what's and, your bottle number, by the way? Uh, 135, I think. It's at the very top on the... Very top on the back label. Back label. Back label. Uh, 163. I was Ooh, close. That's a bad. That's a bad one. That's a no, bad one. <laughs> that bottle was I mean, terrible. It's, it's, a, it's a low number. He's one him to keep there, it. There were only 1,315 bottles of this. Yeah, made. very, very limited. Um, and I, I will tell you, I'll give you a few insights on this. So, go ahead. Oh, it's a nice cork nice pop. Cork. That yeah. cork is awesome, right? <laughs> you, you pay the money for the bottle, but you also pay the money for the cork. It's pop. the experience. One, one it's the experience. Right? I, I, I popped it off the off the mic. One second. Oh, there it was. <laughs> oh, man. Pop. That's the third pop in a row, by the way. <laughs> that's crazy. The cork just came in right out of your mouth like that. Like, no, I know. That's, man, that's, how'd you do that? <laughs> but let me tell you, this is no joke. And this is the this is Cave's family seal. That correct? is his family crest, Amari et Opus, which means love and work. Really goes back into that. Love what you do. Find what you do. Go all in, right? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm you pour it. You're be, so, you pour the selfish. first one. Yes. This is mine. So you said there was a little bit of a backstory? Yeah, there's there's all sorts of things. But first of all, I'm glad you didn't bring up neck pour because that is like my biggest pet peeve in the in the the consumer thing. There's neck pour. There's no such thing as a it's neck pour. It's just the first pour. The first pour, you have to warm up. You have to warm up. Yeah. You know, if it's your first pour, have a bottle, you're going to warm up, right? So not only is oh this boxer, God, a lot of people kind of say this, that, you know, oh my gosh, it's boxer girl at a higher proof. It is not. It is a completely different animal. Now, it is the same mash bill. But these are seven barrels that Cave selected out of, I think, 20 of the first barrels that he laid down, okay? So he picked 20 of the first barrels he laid down, and he picked seven of them that were the best barrels. It wasn't he didn't just go in and be like, hey, these are, you know, I'm going to do seven barrels. He just found the best barrels out of those first 20, and it came out to like seven. They are truly the honey barrels. They're the best barrels out of this entire batch, right? Um this is also cast strength. Mm. So it's not just that it's a higher proof. It is what it thing. came out of the barrel ass, right? Yeah. And that's 114.6? 114.6. You could use wow. so, a hockey puck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that thing is you like could, the paperweights of all paperweights. I could throw this to somebody yeah. and seriously injure them. It's like us in like Fry that. Ranch, I think. And they use like an actual like bolt. Is the, like, right, right, is right. Their, right. their lid, yeah. What is this? That's a lug nut off a semi? That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, if you think about it, because I'm this way with certain glassware. Like when I'm drinking out of a rocks glass, I like a really heavy rocks glass Me too. because it feels more expensive. Uh huh. Yeah, exactly. The same thing with this. You know, first of all, you're spending money on this bottle, right? Right. You want to know when you open it. The first thing you do, you open the bottle and you have that cork in your hand. You haven't even picked up the bottle yet. You haven't tasted it. You haven't smelt it. You know that there was intentional thought behind this of, there's real weight in the experience you're about to have. Right. Yeah. That's why this cork weighs this much. And we could have put just a regular cork like we do on these. And our regular corks are great. They have kind of a little bit of weight to them as well. But this is like the next level. Exactly. And putting Cave's family seal on there, that gives it weight. 
this is really Cave's sort of baby. And you know it's heavy because they had to put traction tape around the sides <laughs> yeah. of it. <laughs> Man, this is absolutely they beautiful. Just, they just put a roll of electrical tape inside of some uh, inside of some gold <laughs> casting and just dipped it and pulled it out and said, that's good. Now I'll show you something else cool about the design of this bottle. Look how it lines up yeah. with the, the core line. Oh, the sash, the sash keeps going. Oh, wow. Nice. That's really cool. Isn't that cool? So this is an extension of the core line. It's it's not a completely different animal. It's not a different company. It's still rabbit hole. It's just a little shorter of a bottle, a little thicker. The elements are still there. That, the sash is still there. You can't say that about a lot of bottles. No. We like to. It's intentional design. That's you know, really you cool. You said that. The bottles are both masculine and feminine. I feel like this is a lot more masculine bottle. It is a bit. It's like squatter, heavier, right? Um, it takes a titan to uh, uncork that. Yeah, thing. pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you got to get a, you got to get some hydraulics in there. That's and, the David standing up to Goliath. Right? <laughs> yeah, get like the infinity glove to remove it. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that is. So what and you're saying you, is this is the Tony Stark the, to Thanos. Yeah, and I mean, if you, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and I'll tell you, I will tell you, this is why we have two glasses here. Pour yourself a little of the Coraline Derringer because this is going to show you that it's not just Derringer like on steroids or something. It's boxer a completely different girl. animal, right? Oh, yeah, not Derringer. Sorry, Boxer Girl. Um, <laughs> I do that all the time. I don't know why. I, I switch Derringer and Boxer Girl all the time. You, like... When you know Boxer Grail, you get those those elements we were talking about, the the rose water, the pipe tobacco, the orange peel, the caramel, the butterscotch. Boxer Grail cast strength of, of Founders Collection, not just the cast strength, but the Founders Collection of this Boxer Grail, it is just straight barrel on there. I mean, it's, yes. it's cedar almost. There's like a cedar element. The, the tobacco is no longer pipe tobacco. No. It is a... Cigar. Yes. It is a cigar. Straight cigar. And the coloration difference is just so beautiful. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're getting this beautiful amber, like burnt Mm -hmm. sugar caramel on this box. And I'm sitting here looking at the legs, like the legs on the cast strength, they just sit there and sit there and sit there. And then this, the the traditional box rail is starting to run. And this is just still sitting right where I tilted. I mean, it's crazy. Like, you can pour the same amount. In each glass, and like the one with the cat, the uh, founders collection, it feels heavier. Oh, yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. It You're right. Heavier. It does. Like the actual mouthfeel is just, it's just all silk and and it's it's almost oily. I mean, yes, it's oily. It, it, right? it coats your tongue. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So, um, oh while we're kind of wrapping up, mm-hmm. what are are there any um, projects that our listeners should be looking out for as as far as Rabbit Hole is concerned, and then um, kind of what are the goals in the next five or ten years for for Rabbit Hole Distillery? Yeah, there's there's a lot on the horizon here. So first of all, the Founders Collection is going to keep going Sweet. every two years, or excuse me, every, twice a year. Sorry, biannually, which could be both <laughs> every two years right, and twice right, a year, right. right? So twice a year we're going to release a Founders Collection, oh, one wow. in the spring, wow. one in the fall. So we released this last fall. Um, we released the second one. In May, yeah, May. Usually around Derby time is when we release that bottle. Right. That was the Founders Collection Mizanara. So it was a fifteen-year-old bourbon. We drove through Mizanara. Louisville 
on Derby Weekend, and that was a madhouse. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't recommend it. Uh, I don't recommend doing that. We didn't uh, get off the we didn't get off the interstate. Yeah, I wouldn't. That. It's, I, oddly yeah. enough, we were coming back from Jay Mattingly. Oh, we, we, <laughs> we did a uh, we did a selection with them for Beverage Barn. Oh yeah, and yeah, Henderson, and uh, it was a freaking madhouse. Yeah, man. Derby Derby Weekend is the whole the whole week is like crazy. Oh yeah, and I mean we just it's came crazy. back the next week and it, like everything was just picked clean. It oh yeah, like oh yeah. Yeah, everyone's. We all take that week off. Oh, sure. <laughs> I was gone. I'm so I was sure. gone that week. I yeah. took my wife to Florida. Yeah, yeah. You know, we we're, were going on the vacation. Beach. Why? Have you been to Louisville yeah. during Derby time? <laughs> I, just, I just slept that whole week. Do you know where Churchill Downs is? <laughs> <laughs> we're in that city. But uh, but yeah. So the next one we're going to release is coming up in October. Uh, no, I'm sorry, September, and it is going to be a five grain bourbon. So oh, it's a five grain. Baby. Oh no, it does. It gets better. It gets, it gets better. better. Oh yeah. It's going to be a double chocolate malt. Oh, it is oh insane. Gosh. And I, I will tell you this, and I, I, I say this fully realizing that I have one of my favorite bottles sitting next to me is this <laughs> Founders Collection Boxer Grill. And I, I don't say that lightly, but um, this next Founders Collection, I think it's the greatest thing that we've, we've ever released. It's unbelievable. It is, there's two types of rye in it. So it has malted rye and on, on malted rye. Um, <laughs> and it has two types of chocolate malt in it, chocolate malted wheat and chocolate malted barley. We dumped the barrels like four days ago. The entire distillery smelled like a coffee shop. Yeah. Oh, it was. Incredible. I would have loved to have been here. It was incredible. So, yeah. Um, is there a way that I could get on an email list? Uh, we're going to release this tomorrow, so come camp out. In front of the <laughs> yeah. Day. I mean, honestly, <laughs> you know, our, our our preliminary sort of thing is September one is okay. where we're going to release that. Right. Um, I. I think we're still kind of in meetings about it right now, kicking around the idea of releasing it at the distillery. We didn't release the Mizanara at the distillery. Um, that was so limited. We just kind of sent it out to retailers. We miraculously today, we saw that there's some bottles in retail shop of that Mizanara waiting to be bought. I, they came out of nowhere. So right. I think and those then, will last like a week. I think I've yeah. seen yeah. three. Yeah. And the yeah. boxer or in boxer the, girl, they had a couple. Had a couple. The, yeah, and I, I was going to mention that. And I was like, by the time they shameless get it, plug, I bought a bottle. <laughs> I mean, I work for Rabbit Hole, and I bought a bottle because right. so it is yeah. delicious. Which is your favorite, the boxer grail or the Mizanara? Man, Ooh. I'm such a rye guy. I really, really enjoy this boxer grail. Um, the Mizanara is so good. I I'm sort of a strange bird. Um, I don't generally like super old bourbon. I don't. I don't. I my gate is like nine years. Really? When it gets to that past that ten year mark, balance is hard to achieve for me. Yes. So what you're I saying am, is you don't buy Pappy. I, no, <laughs> no. No. I mean, not that it's bad bourbon. I think it's great bourbon. Um and, and there are outliers out there. I think like, you know, I've still got a couple bottles of pre fire Elijah Craig eighteen at my house that I don't know when I'll open because they're never going to exist again. Yep. You, uh, you want to do some horse trading? <laughs> Man, I, I don't know when. I'm, I'm probably going to open it when my daughter is born and then when she turns 20, you know? That's awesome. There um, you go. But the Mizanara, I go back and forth on between which one I like better, the Boxer Grill or the Mizanara. The Mizanara is just so crazy. It, I can't drink more than one of it because, like, one, not one bottle, one glass of it at a time. <laughs> no, I, I yeah, totally one understand one bottle. One bottle, one uh, bottle and I just one, can't One drink glass anymore. at a time is all I can handle because it's so intense. I mean, it's also cast strength. It is finished in that Mizanara for a year, and it's already 15 years old. The sandalwood is so strong on it. Um, the almost, like, pineapple notes like crazy tropical notes to really? it really it's really crazy i just want to smell it now it's it's pretty nuts um 
it's it's very interesting. It's very interesting. I, I will say, I think like maybe sixty percent of the time I'm leaning towards Boxer Grail, forty percent of the time towards Mizanara. But also, like I don't really have a bottle. Well, now I got a bottle of Boxer Grail because I bought one today. <laughs> but my Mizanara bottle's been empty for. Well, and price you know, points also come into month. that factor too. I'm sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, you do weigh those factors. Oh right? yeah. But I will tell you this, Race King. And that's the name of the next founder's class. Race King. Race King. So in that kind of spirit I of thoroughbred racing, right? Oh, that's cool. Very it's phenomenal. It. It's so phenomenal. Will the price point be more towards the boxer grill? Or? It's a little more towards the boxer grill. Okay. It's not going to be towards that like 1500 price point. As an average citizen, I would like to say thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, of course. Yeah. But I mean, it, at the same time, I mean, we're not going into, you know, Cave is not going into this, this oh, yeah. founder's collection of, I want to make a $1,500 bottle of bourbon, right? As Rob soon as you going do that, with the- you're... you're out of bounds. You're, yep. you're not doing right, right? You make the product, and at the end, after you dump the barrels, you look at your bottle count. You look at what your overall spend was on production, on overhead, on all of it, right? And then you say, okay, well, this is what we have to charge for it, or else we're going to have to turn the lights oh, off. Oh, yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, that's really... We, I will tell you, we haven't set a price on Race King yet because we lit- we don't even have a bottle count yet. Okay. We don't even have a bottle count yet. We, we literally just... Dump the barrels like four days. Well, ago. keep that's us in so mind. Cool. Yeah, so <laughs> keep me um, in mind. And like right, you were talking right. about with the the different prices, Mizanara mm-hmm. and this, and and I always tell our listeners, you know, price is what you're willing to pay. Yeah. Um. And so, and and like we were talking about earlier, like value to me may be completely different than value yeah. to you. Um. There's you know, all sorts of things that play into that. So. Uh, really Price and flavor are completely separate entities. Yeah, 100%. They really have very little to do with each other. Right. You know, you're not, we're not, no one should be pricing their stuff based off how it tastes. That you should is be a pricing very, it. very true statement. Yeah, I mean, no one should yeah. be doing that. You should be tasting, uh, pricing it based off of what it costs you to make it, yep. what your availability is, and what your logistics are on it. That's that's what price is. Yep. So, um, and then have enough left over to make it again. There you go. <laughs> exactly. I guess wrapping it up, what are, what are the goals? For, or what's the goal in the next 10, 15 years for Rabbit yeah. Hole? Or So there's several things that we're working on. You know, we want to further elevate already a great spirit, right? We want to make sure that bourbon is always a top tier. I think a lot of people, you constantly hear it every year, oh, the bubble's going to burst. The bubble's going to burst. First of all, I don't think the bubble will ever burst. I think the sun will explode before the bur- bubble <laughs> bursts on, on bourbon, right? So um, I don't think the bubble is ever going to burst. That being said, every year you're getting more and more producers creating bourbon, which is great, which is great. We want more and more people opening distilleries. That's just excellent for the, for the industry. If you think about history, before Prohibition, there were over 2,000 distilleries in Kentucky. After Prohibition, that fell to 13. Today, we stand at 70. Wow. So we're not even wow. close. So there's a lot of Holy room. Cow. There's a lot of room. That's why I say the bubble's not going to burst anytime soon, right? 70 legal. Well, <laughs> very I'm throwing true. this out there. I'm from a very country family. True. We know this about that. This is very true, right? <laughs> uh, but we, we're not going to see your bottles on the shelf anytime soon. Right, you know what right, I mean? right, right, so, right, right. So 70 that are selling, right? right exactly. Um, through wow. the TTB. I, um, I didn't realize it was that. Yeah, small. that big of a disparity, right? right? So... You really think about that, and there's a lot of room to grow. So for us, we just want to make sure that we're continuing to push the envelope. We have, there's a lot of barrels 
rolling around this place. When I say a lot of barrels, I don't mean just bourbon barrels, right? There's rum barrels. There's port finished barrels. There's um, different types of sherry. There's French oak. There's Mizanara. There's all sorts of things that are rolling around this distillery. We're going to continue to experiment. About 5% of our production overall is geared towards experimentation. That's a oh, that's huge so cool. number. Yeah. That's a huge number yeah. when you're oh, talking yeah. about maintaining core products. Exactly. Right? Well, especially with how big you said your rickhouses are, exactly. 5% of a lot is still a lot. It's huge. Yeah. So we really want to make sure that we're constantly pushing the envelope. We're not standing still. As soon as you're content, you've thrown it in the towel. Yeah. We're never going to be content in right. Rabbit Hole. Um, we want to continue to push out different bottles. You know, there's an experimental line that we're kind of kicking around right now. Oh, cool. Um, I do like we experimental. Were maybe think, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, thinking about, you know, something that we're not going to produce. I mean, you think this is limited. Wait till you see an experimental line. Exactly. Right, right, five right, bottles right. total or something, right? right? So, I mean, something that we're just going to try out and see what happens. Well, and I mean, Woodford does that kind of same thing, I think, too. Yeah. But mm-hmm. this is a much smaller scale. And, yes. I mean, a much smaller scale also means a lot closer, a lot better quality. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really top of mind for us. You know, quantity is one thing. Quality is a completely different animal. Exactly. Um, and even on top of that, you can even boil that down even further to consistency versus quality. We already talked about right. our small exactly. batching, right? We want consistent flavors all the way through. Cave Hill is always going to taste like Cave Hill. High Gold is always going to taste like High Gold. But we're a little more concerned when we're doing our sensory panels of, you know, tasting the different batches of what's quality, We're not going to throw something in there that's sub-quality just because it rounds out the flavor profile and is of our top of mind when it comes to consistency, right? So we want to make sure the quality is always the first thing that we're thinking about. So anything else to add, guys? Oh, man, I don't think so. I think it's been a really... I've still got some in my cup, so... (laughs) It's been a really great experience. It's been awesome. This has been a wonderful experience, a wonderful first trip to Louisville, and thank you all for having us. We really appreciate you having us in-house. Um, with that being said, guys, you can find us online at thebrokencork.net. You can find us on Facebook at The Broken Cork Crew. Um, we are on Patreon at The Broken Cork. We are on uh, Twitter because of that one guy at <laughs> the <laughs> underscore broken underscore cork. Yeah, I have to let Jake rant about that every time. That one guy, I don't know, just the one person on Twitter, I... It hasn't been active, zero tweets, <laughs> and I hate it. <laughs> so the second he gives it up, we're taking it. Oh, yeah, uh. I keep looking at it. We, every week, I check it out. All right, guys, with that being said, guys, I'm Dan. I'm Aaron. I'm Jake. I'm Adam. Reminding you to keep your bars stocked, your glasses full, and your mind on the pulse of America's national spirit. <laughs> <laughs>